Hey guys, welcome to the third episode of the Cal Podcast. Um, I'm just here to give you a bit of an intro to our guest today. Um, a friend of mine uh, that listens to the podcast, I think one of three people <laughs> that listens to the podcast, a shout out to Emmy, um, suggested that I start giving a little bit of an intro just to get um, kind of warm you guys up to the guest before we start talking. Today I'm talking to Keith. Keith's a good friend of mine. He's a top bloke. Um, I know him from first I met him at uh, ITC Sangeet Research Academy in Kolkata, I think 2012 or 2013, and since then we've we've been in touch, um, just about music, going back and forth about music and Sikh history and whatnot. He's kind of my go-to guy um, if I have to kind of pick someone's brain about um, Sikh history, Sikh musical history specifically. So basically, we're we're working on a Madonna project together. It's kind of his brainchild. He's the guy behind all the research. He's the one man kind of band doing all the research at the back. Um, and this was recorded at on the last day that I was in Pakistan for the Pakistan leg of the research. So we're literally sitting in the hotel room. Uh, we had a really long dinner. Just Gita and I the night before. It was like you know three hours of just chatting about music. And then I said to him, you know, let's just do this on record. So um, this is what this is almost about two hours long and we just discuss all things music it starts about it starts off um talking about pakistan because we've been in pakistan for three weeks so we were kind of almost fed up with um you know little politics being played there and games and stuff like that. so it's a little bit of frustration at the start but then we dig into the music um basically Keith, uh, so you know who he is he left his career as a software engineer um to pursue his passion for music and he's currently a music research research scholar um, undertaking his PhD um, at a university in London. Now, I don't know how to pronounce it. I think it's SOAS or S-O-A-S, or whichever one it is. People listening from England, you know what it is. So he's doing it from SOAS. He's also um, a learning Drupad vocal from Pandit Uday Bhavarkaji. So um, before I just keep ranting on, he's uh, Kirat Singh. I hope you enjoy it. And um, I was trying to do these at the start of every single podcast. All right, enjoy. All right, Keith, mate. You fire me off. Huh? Fire me off. What are we talking about? We're talking about how well you're matched today. How well I'm matched. Your shirt. Yeah. Looking good? I do try. I do try. <laughs> this is tailored. Tailored. Actually? Yeah. From India. I think this material is from Rajasthan. No, 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 Calcutta, Calcutta. Right, right. No, but everything I wear is this trousers from India. Yeah, shirts from India, Bangladesh yeah. from India. Except you're a Gora. Yeah, the famous Gora that does Kirtan. That has no name. Gora Singh. The Gora Singh. Gora Singh. I was telling you, like every five months, you go viral on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. And you never, you never have a name. Yeah. And it's a different shabad. Yeah. But it's always the Gora <laughs> that sings. I'm pretty sure there's only one clip of me that keeps getting circulated again and again. <laughs> it's not a different shaman. It's the same one. The one where you're wearing the chant? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's the one. green pagadi and the... Yeah. And that what shaman is that? I forgot. I can't remember. I can't remember the shaman. I, I just remember, remember the, the caption. It's always the caption. It's always yeah. different. It's like... And people are always sending me the same clip. <laughs> I just get fed up. Like, <laughs> And it's also Karambi's fault. <laughs> like, he, uplo- he uploaded that clip on DGN. Yeah. Without okay. like... Send me, oh, can I upload this clip? You know, he just like, yeah. threw up a clip and it's like a shitty alarm. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even a good clip. It's always like, look at this Gora Singh and Sade Bande Nashe Kaare, Apu Dhaavcha. Well, actually, I should make that clear that you can 
understand Punjabi fully and speak it. You can read and write Gurmukhi, you can read and write um, Urdu as well, and you can read and write uh, Hindi. Yeah. What else? Tell me more. Uh, it's insane, man. I mean, languages, I speak a few like conversational European languages, a bit, right. bit of French, a bit of Portuguese. Um, but uh, yeah, the only reason I, you know, being to India, learning, learning with Guruji in Pune, you get Hindi, conversational Hindi, and then it was only for the research that I decided I need to, you know, seriously be able to read all this literature. Otherwise, how are you going to figure out what the history is? You know, sometimes getting books written in Urdu, sometimes in Hindi, sometimes in Gurmukhi Punjabi. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I took formal courses in Hindi. Uh, Farsi, I can read a bit Farsi, um, and then Urdu. I just kind of learn from a book. It's insane, man. That's actually insane. <laughs> no, but I, th- I think people, you know, th- that was the norm. People forget. Yeah. Like if you go back hundred years. Yeah. In Punjab, every Tom Dick and Harry was reading Urdu, writing Urdu. Not every. You know, there's a big illiterate populace we as well. We need a different. We need a different. You can't. You can't say Tom Dick and Harry. Okay, yeah, uh, like Tanvir, <laughs> Davinder and... Karanveer. Yeah, Karanveer. Uh, yeah. yeah, but, you know, okay, there was a large kind of village uh, population which were illiterate. Yeah. But people who lived in the cities, mer- you know, uh, merchants, traders, they were all most likely literate in Urdu and Gurmukhi. And they, were, they could speak Urdu, they could speak Hindi, they could speak uh, Punjabi and... If you look in religious contexts, a lot of the old Mahants, the Nirmala and the Udasi Mahants, they would have a working knowledge of Sanskrit as well. They would have a working knowledge of Farsi, sometimes Arabi also. So I think we've become used to just like, oh, it's just Punjabi, you know, and we can only just about manage one or two languages, you know. But the human capacity is far greater than what we think. You know, and and if 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 that culture was there, where you grown up, you're grown up, and you're taught these things when you're young, it's just then, easy. Then it's you easy, know, I've yeah. put in the effort later, but it's still possible. Why not? Yeah. You know, I, I'm not fluent in all these languages, but I can. I've got a working knowledge of them. Yeah, and I can t- I can testify because I've seen you read all the kind of government propaganda that's up in yeah, 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 yeah. Pakistan right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, so it comes in useful. Yeah, it does come in useful. There's a um. What was it yesterday? Two days ago, we were walking around the walled city of Lahore, and um, there was in their newspaper they had announced that the Khalistani currency has been officially, officially launched, released. and the passport it, launched, and the passport has been launched. And the passport is ready. Yeah. yeah, and so every shopkeeper was like, "Oh, Sadarji to Dita, Ajayi, currency je launch ho gaye je." Yeah, and then the passports launched. They're running after us with the akhbar. Yeah, yeah. Take this, take this, take this. Yeah. It's insane. It's insane over here. Now the propaganda is serious here. Yeah. Yeah. And the uh, Bharat ki yeah. Kashmir ki azadi. Yeah, yeah. And they're strong on Bharat ki barbadi. They want. Yeah. Um, and I've tried to explain this to people, but like I was saying yesterday, speaking to the guy at the library, I was like, you know, propaganda to both hora in Pakistan. He's like, nahi, ye to propaganda nahi. And I was like, and then he just got really, you know, kind of offended. I could see that he was angry and upset and frustrated that they don't they don't realize because this is all they know mm. you know but coming from the outside you it's like nathan was saying as well you know being here he felt the kind of north korea vibe yeah the way that you got posters with army army all over them and 
Kashmir, you know, Kashmir Banega, Pakistan. Yeah. Uh, all this kind of sh- uh, stuff is is it's uh, it's bad. It's pretty serious serious level of propaganda here. Yeah. And it's everywhere. It's actually just everywhere. And everyone has the same talking points. And everyone. And the thing is, there's there's real, what feels like real kind of hate for Hindus. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like everyone and, seems to. Uh, I mean, we we both had this experience because we've been here. F- I've been here with you for almost three weeks now. Yeah. And you've been you were here about uh, four or five days before. Oh no, we yeah four or five days before. Yeah, that. just so you've been here yeah. about four almost four weeks. I've been here about almost three weeks, something like that. Yeah. And so we spent a lot of time meeting people from Lahore, and everyone has the same same wanna, story. They, yeah, same story. They want to be your friend, but they want to be your friend via mutual hatred. For, for, for Hindus, Hindus. and yeah. they're not—they um, don't hide it really. No, no, and it—they have this kind of a, a. There's the, you know, this the feeling that they're trying hard to be friendly, yeah. and they're all—they've all been kind of indoctrinated to go take the extra step. Say, you know, I had one cab, uh, a cab trip with the taxi driver at the end of the trip. He was like, "Nee, I'll free here." And I could see it's like it's very he, common. He was not even being like he was just doing it out of because someone had told him to do it. Yeah. And then I was like, "Nee, yes, I need it." I just gave him the money, and then he's like, "Okay." Yeah. <laughs> and then he kind of like he didn't like it wasn't it wasn't genuine. Otherwise, yeah. he would have like said, "Nee, nee, 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 buddy, man, nee," you know. Yeah. But he he was um he was just doing it because he was forced. To, he felt forced to do that, you know. Yeah. For yeah. a Westerner, I have to give a good impression. Yes, that's which very is, common here as well. Which is. It's some sort of, it's, it's like a form of patriot, uh, like that's how they think they're being patriotic. Yeah. And um, it's somewhat this, I mean, it's nice yeah. that you get positive treatment, but mm. given that you can see through that, yeah, it makes it like slightly uncomfortable, you know? It's yeah. like, why are you doing this? Just because you're trying extra, you know? Yeah. There is a genuine love and PR as well here, you know? Yep. There was I, a, the other day I was in the supermarket and this, this guy, I heard this guy walking behind me, he was like, he was talking to his son, he's like, and then um, and then like they're following me following me I was, I was walking around the aisle and then eventually he goes Sadaji <laughs> I turned around and this is a massive guy really tall guy like really fair skinned like he looked like he come from the Afghani border side yeah. and he just he just looked at me and he smiled big massive guy he's like Sadaji Kapala <laughs> Like, no, no, give me a hug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, Shut Gave him a hug and he just squeezed me so tight and he wouldn't let me go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we. Sh- and it's like, that was a genuine yeah. moment. They were really happy, you know? Yeah. And I think we should clarify because we've been here for three weeks. So we just jumped into, you know, uh, kind of talking about that, uh, you know, the, all the propaganda and stuff like that. But there is a genuine like for Sikhs here as well. Yeah. Like more so than anywhere else where. Yeah. Uh, everyone seems to be really, I, I don't know where, they all seem to have fun. It, it's like they have fun memories of Sikhs or something. Yeah. And I think the other thing that's really genuine is their appreciation of Maharajit Singh. Yes. I feel like that is something they're not putting on. Because every interaction I have in this, I went to the Lahore Museum as well, and the lady there that was curating a, uh, a an exhibition for Sikhs and stuff like that, that seems to be genuine. Mm. Because they what everyone keeps saying is Maharajit Singh was the only Punjabi that ruled over Punjab. Yeah. And they love that idea. And the fact that he ruled, like, the majority were Muslim population and he ruled yeah. in such a fair manner and then they have all these, you know, anecdotes about him and how he ruled and all this kind of stuff. And that feels genuine. I think that extends, by extension, they also love 
Sikhs. Yes. And I think yes. that's kind of the snowball effect that's happening that in, in their kind of ancestral memory, they yeah. have this great reverence for Maharaj Jit Singh. Yes. And as a consequence of that, they really do genuinely love the Sikhs. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I feel like just maybe India's playing games and Pakistan's playing games and they're just kind of playing on people's uh, uh, insecurity, like religious insecurities almost. Yeah. And being like, you know, you know what they're like and India's like, you know what they're like and yeah, yeah. no one actually knows what each other's <laughs> like. Yeah, yeah. Everyone just wants to... No, so, I mean, so that I, has to be clarified that people here mm. have are quite yeah know, very and nice. A lot of people have been saying like, "Oh, we watch films from India with like yeah. the, the films of about where it features Sardars, You know, yeah. they, it was so much interest then because um, uh, they because they because there's such a small population here of Sikh community yeah. that um, they just like whenever they see a Sikh, they're kind of curious. They're interested, like oh. I want to talk to him and yeah. and when they see films they watch it to, yeah. to learn more about because they actually don't know much about Sikhism anymore no. the new generations they have very little knowledge like which is two generations ago it was like everyone was living together and they knew about each other's traditions yeah. and I think that's the one of the damaging things about the separation well, we went to know. Lahore Fort hmm. it was you myself in the breath and Nathan yeah was Karanvi there? no Karanvi had left already Karanvi. he had left no he wasn't there yeah it was us four yes and it was 30 minutes of selfies do you remember that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. outside the fort. Yeah, 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 outside the fort. People yeah. just wouldn't. Someone, someone handed me their baby. For God's sake. <laughs> that was funny. And then I'm holding the baby, and it's been three weeks since I've seen my kid. You know, Prem, and I'm just sitting there like remembering Prem holding this kid. But I was like, Jesus Christ! Like he just gave me his baby, and then he ran back and got a camera. He said, I need to take a photo of my baby with a sardar. Yeah, yeah. And then what was funny was he took he took the baby away after the photo. Yeah. And he also wanted me to show affection to the baby. It wasn't just, I yeah. want to take a photo. He wanted me to hold the baby and play a little yeah, bit like yeah. I'm, you know, from the royal family visiting. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, all right, okay. You want me to kiss him on the forehead? Like, what do you want me to do? Yeah. And I handed him his baby back. And, and 20 minutes later, yeah. when we finally got over all the photos, because no one would, would yeah. stop. Yeah. And th- they were more obsessed with Indabrit than myself, than you and Nathan. That, that was which is I the found, opposite. That was what I found really interesting. Because yeah. me, you know, being a regular yeah. frequenter of India. Yeah. Um, I always get, you know, loads of attention just being a Gora and then being a Gora Sardar at the same time. Yeah. And especially in Punjab, like people yeah. just like, body, body, self-feeling, self-feeling. And then um, here, I was shocked that like, no, no one's particularly interested in me. It's like, no. these guys, yeah. you guys are like the real, yeah. <laughs> the real Sikhs. Yeah, the hierarchy went, like, the, the Indabrit and I. Yeah. Then, Nathan. Then, no, 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 I don't think so. Then it went to you, okay. not because you're white, but because you have a dari and okay. a bug. Mm. And then Nathan, and Nathan's just is like as wide as you get. Yeah, yeah. Which would be in India, gold, pure gold for yeah, selfies. Yeah, yeah. It's true. And, but here it's the opposite. They care about sardars. Yeah. They, they, yeah. they kind of, I don't know. No, that that was that caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting yeah. that. And that guy took his baby back. Yeah. And twenty five minutes later, twenty twenty five minutes later, when we was the entire time, not, while we were waiting for this guy to come out of the fort to show us the fort, people kept coming taking selfies and blah 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 blah, and. This guy, I saw him as we were walking off. He was coming back with another kid. Acha. Yeah, you didn't see him. Another toddler. This, the, or like a toddler or, or like a, I think it was a baby. But he was coming back with a different baby. Right. And right. this time he didn't want a photo with me. He wanted a photo with Indabrit. He's like, <laughs> I want my other baby to have the photo with the other sister. Yeah. But by that time we had to go inside, so we we couldn't go. But it, yeah, it's a weird experience. I feel like if you come here for three or four days. Yeah. Which I I came in 2017. Yeah. I came for four days with, with Kieran mm. and when you come for three four days you have a different impression of the place because you 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 only see that side where it's just like you know 
Yeah. Um, everyone's really welcome and all that kind of stuff. And then when you stay for longer, obviously you kind of start to see what's you get happening a in the politics. Sense, yeah. yeah, you get you get a better sense of the pulse of the city and the pulse of the people and stuff like yeah. that. Um, but I mean, overall, overall, it's been a good trip. Yeah, yeah, no, very good. It's been I think, good. Uh, despite the current political climate, you know, yeah, it, it hasn't really impacted much. It just means you're getting, you know, people trying to uh, talk to you about the issue a lot. Yeah, everyone, everyone. Wants to, everyone wants to just talk about Kashmir, 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 and how Khalistan is supporting Kashmir and this yeah. is supporting Kashmir, and yeah. Pakistan's going to support Khalistan. And yeah, all they keep saying that. Like yeah. they, the thing is, they think all Sikhs think like in Khalistan is good. Like, yeah, every they just every every single person that comes up to me that talks about Kashmir is like, "Aji, asi tode Khalistan da bhot support karde, tode Khalistan li Pakistan che bhot support hai, Wazir-e-Azam this that that." And I was like, you know what? Um, Khalistan aside, if you want to, you don't want it, that aside. And my personal whatever input on that aside. But they just think that everyone thinks the same. Mm. And they expect every, like this, it feels like everyone thinks the same here. Yeah. And they think that's exactly how the countries think. There's not, there's not really kind of diversity of opinion or exactly. anything like that. That's sad. That's it for me, that's sad. sad. And that's why I've been, I've been tried on a few occasions telling people that manage on the Khalistan. Yeah. And then they're like, you can see the shock in their face. Sure, yeah, like, it's like, what, you're a Sikh? What's wrong with you? Yeah. It's like, literally, they're thinking, what's wrong with you? I was like, what's the benefit of Khalistan? You know, you're creating separation. You, by creating Pakistan, what, what has benefited Pakistan? Nothing. They've lost, the culture's lost, the separation. You've, you only have separation division, which creates damage on the culture, you know? So, yeah. I've tried to make that point, but then I've decided I'm not going to go into it anymore. Because no, it's not. People, because... people can't understand it here. No, people can't fathom difference of opinion. No. They can't. Uh, they can't step out of it. Yeah, and then be like, okay, this is what this person's thinking. This is this is their kind of justification for their this thought process. No, it's not like that. It's like this is a talking point. Yeah, and if this person's against this talking point, this is the rebuttal you give. Yes, and that those that those are the two things you have: your talking point and your rebuttal. Your your rebuttal to someone disagreeing with your talking point. Nothing that's else it. exists. Yeah. True. Nothing else Very exists. Very true. Very true. But I mean, that's what it is. Yeah. But. I mean, we just digressed a lot. We didn't digress, but we, we didn't talk about, you know, music or any of that. But we, like, I know you from music. That's that's, that's our connection. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure you still, you still remember, but do you remember how we met? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like a romantic moment. Do you remember how we met, Keith? That night? It was, it was, actually it was a romantic moment. I remember sitting in the ITC SRE. In Calcutta. In Calcutta. The ITC SRE uh, recital hall, small auditorium that they have. It was a Wednesday evening, I think, when the Starry night. when the vertex happened, yeah. And uh, I can't remember who was. Maybe you remember who was singing. I can't was remember. Was it Alec? Was it Alec? It might might have been Alec. I maybe. can't remember. I can't remember. I can't remember. Anyway, I was sitting there, and then. Or Brojo. Was it Brojo singing Sri Rag? I maybe I, I was gonna say Alec singing Sri Rag, but I feel like it was either a Brojo or Alec. I think. So. I remember Brojo singing Sri Rag in the recital. It could have yeah, been that one. It could have been, yeah. Um. Yeah, well, you would have probably come to see here, Brojo, actually. I just we just came to see By ITC. Chance. We'd never been to ITC, right? That was your first time. Yeah, first time no to way. ITC and first time, and we like we'd rather see the recital, right? That's yeah, yeah. that's I don't that's a coincidence. I didn't realize that was your first time. Yeah. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah, so I was just sitting there, and then in the corner of my eyes, I see these two sadars walk in at the back, and I was like, "What? What are these guys doing here? You know, get <laughs> Yeah. And then uh, um, we had the same thing. We're like, well, this guy. One, he's got a pug on his head. Yeah. And if you have a pug on your head and you listen to classical music, 
that's a rarity in itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Otong, like, this guy looks white. <laughs> it's like, white guy with a bug on his head, listening to classical music. I was just, so, we were just so confused, but at the same time, we were so happy, because in Kolkata, that's the same thing. Like, in the Bhutan, we just look for, like, home everywhere we go. Yeah. And you don't find home. Yeah, like, this place is all, I'm kind of good, to, I'm so ready to go home now. Mm. But, um, when we saw you, it was like, oh, okay, you know, mm. Sardar. <laughs> yes. So we're just waiting for the recital to finish and we're just like, we need to talk to this guy. Yeah. And, then, and then the guy finished. And then basically, for those who don't know, ITC is, in Kolkata, it has a history of pretty much being the most prestigious kind of music academy uh, in Kolkata. In the whole, I see one of the, in the whole of India. In the whole of India, yeah. yeah. It has a huge kind of very impressive history. Yeah, yeah. And the prestige of the names that have come out of the academy. Yeah, yeah. Like Rashid Khan, Ajoy Chakrabarty, the big names. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And all those stars that were there and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Huge names. So, this, this, that's where this was and they have a recital hall and they do this thing for those that don't know they, they have a Wednesday recital every night I think 6pm or something so if you go to Kolkata yeah. you should go there Yeah. and they have a small room and then probably 100 people do you think 100 people can fit in that room? yeah, um, yeah. if it's 100 is kind of like yeah the room's pretty full though. room's full yeah. yeah so like a max of 100 people can yeah. fit so it's quite a small room intimate with the intimate room mm. it's got good sound mm. and you get the like the atmosphere is nice my guru used to tell me that when he used to sing that because he also went to ITC he was there for a little bit, my Guruji. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah he yeah, was there yeah, for a little yes, bit. Yes, yes, yes. And he was describing a different atmosphere. He was like, all the Gurus would sit on the ground. You know how the Gurus right now, you, you barely have any Gurus that attend. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And yeah. they sit at the back on the chair. Yeah. But he was, I forgot the Guru's name. I think it was Rashidji's, nothing, Nisarusen. Vijay Kichlu, the no, guys? No, Nisar, nothing, maybe. Nisarusen. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Nisarusen. But he was saying these guys were sitting at the front. And then he, he's like, they would applaud your attempts. Sure. Yeah. So he was like, if you tried something yeah. that was, you know, of substance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They go, Wabete. Wabete, like that. Okay, okay, okay. And you're getting that from Nisarusenka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. He said that was the, the kind of atmosphere. So it was very encouraging. Right now it's kind of the music scene's kind of turned into more of a uh, reproduction of of so you know, people aren't really trying because yeah. what what used to happen is you get to this level, which is you know, the Ustadi kind of level, mm. and then you start to see what you can do. You know? yeah, yeah. and he was describing that kind of atmosphere that you know they'll start sitting at the front and he's not applauding your execution more so because it's that intimate the atmosphere the kind of bravery of the bravery attempting of your, something uh, yeah. yes yeah. Yeah, that was you know yeah. a different kind of I never heard that before yeah, yeah, yeah and he was also describing a moment where he sang a Meg Vilambit and Pandit Gyan Prakash Ghosh he, he came up to him afterwards and he wanted that composition so oh, that wow. interaction mm. where everyone was just there to learn Mm. and kind of push each other up yeah I mean no, I, I think that the atmosphere is still there right. like even what Guruji tells me uh, about yeah, Guruji is Pandit Uday Walkar yeah yeah so he's one of the he's one of the resident uh, gurus at the ITC SRA alongside Pandit Ajoy Chakrabarti Pandit Nikhil Banerjee you know uh, Nikhil Banerjee uh, sorry sorry Parthur Chatterjee yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, everyone's gonna be like Nikhil Banerjee still like <laughs> Hiding out in ITC. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, re- recently, many of the other gurus have... Pandit Olas Krishalka is still a guru, but uh, resident in Pune. And other gurus have passed away recently. And so the atmosphere has changed a little bit. But Guru told me that, you know, once once he came to the SRA, he said he's, he learned so much since being there. Because of the interactions between disciplines, you know, between instrumentalists, between khayal singers and drupad singers, and between greats you know the the current current greats of the scene you've got 
after a recital, like you're saying, after a recital exchange of compositions, like, you know, Ajoyji would come up to Guruji after after um, my Gurubai Sagar and Prasanna sang uh, uh, one of Guruji's compositions. And you say, Odeji, ye mujhe chahiye ye composition. Bohut, bohut hai, you yeah. know? Yeah. So there's that in, in exchange, there's that intellectual uh, interchange between yeah. the greats there. So the atmosphere is phenomenal. And I've not seen anywhere else in the whole of India. I, for me, ITCSRA is one of the... Uh, it's a kind of a model of how Hindustani music can go forward, yeah. blending the institutional, uh, mm. you know, educational institution environment, yeah. which is a Western model for education, like having a kind of curriculum or a three-year course and a kind of timeline and a, 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 a more uh, contained format of education, as as opposed to the totally random, you know, supposedly random and free oral tradition of the Guru Shishya Parampara. Which is can take as long as it takes, and it's when your start gives you time, then you learn. And so, it I, for me, the SRA blends those two in a really nice way. There's very little uh, curriculum forced upon the students. You don't have to learn. Uh, you don't have to read tons of books. You know, the focus is around the guru and the shishya having a, a close relationship. All the scholars live on site. The gurus mostly live on site. If the guru lives off site, then the scholars are provided resources to go and stay near the guru. You know, and it facilitates that traditional learning method in a modern yeah. environment in a really nice way. And and then the atmosphere, like I say, is really phenomenal because you have regular performances, you hear the scholars. I learned so much, you know, being there uh, for months at a time because you, you every week you're hearing other young people that kind of, they were well ahead of me, you know, but it forces you to like, oh, how, why are they better than me? And then you start to learn and start to pick up, pick up on why someone's performance is good, why it wasn't good, you know. Uh, and and that happens between the scholars and between the gurus and the musicians, all the people in between as well, you know. Yeah. So the environment is is, you know, I've not been to all academies in India, but for me, uh, I found something special there. And, and uh, all the people that have spent time there, the gurus that are there, they they acknowledge like we learn so much from each other. Yeah, and I mean the students that come out of there. Yeah. Are, are kind of proof. Of that yeah, it's proof. Proofs in the pudding, you know. Yeah. You and you're having Ustad Rashid Khan coming out of there. Your gurus come out of there, you know. Pandit Ajoy Chakrabarti who went out of there and then came back as a guru there. Yeah, it's big, big names, and um, even now the the guys that are coming out, uh, yeah, Ayan, good. you know, playing fantastic sitar. Yeah, you got like, really good. Yeah, uh, Devoshi and uh, yeah, Rajoda. These yeah. guys are singing really, really well. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, the, the the thing is, I think it gets a bit of slack because people like to talk crap. You know, yeah, yeah people yeah. want something negative to talk yeah, about. Yeah, but at the end of the day, like the kind of minimum standard ITC is like a performance standard. Exactly. You, you have to keep that in mind. Yeah, in India, people know they can, like, we can just take any of the scholars of SRA and it will perform yes. and it's going to be good. Yes, exactly. You can pick a scholar from SRA, put him on stage and yeah. they'll, um, they'll, they'll give you a yeah, kind yeah. of a performance, like a standard level of performance. Yeah, and the other thing is, to bear in mind for the scholars, when they have their gradations once a year, they perform. Yeah. They perform in front of the, all the gurus. So all the gurus come sit at the back. It's really like intimidating. Who who else? If you're just learning off your ustad in somewhere in uh, Banaris, you know, you got an, you found an ustad, that a guru, and you're learning, and then you're progressing and you have the vidya and everything. But if you have to perform in front of like the greatest names, and not only do they put the gurus there, they invite Rajan Sajan Mishraji, they'll invite, uh, Kish, you know, uh, um, you know the, all the great singers of the times to come uh, and give you critique 
and then that's your that shows your progress every year. You know, you have to you have to go through that. That's, that's like a, a grilling. That's a grilling in front of like yeah. the big names. So it's a it's a it's a serious institution. Yeah, and we uh, we met there when like do you remember the year twenty twelve or something? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, two thousand, no, not two thousand twelve. Two thousand. 2013, 2014. It wouldn't have been after 2014, I think. 13, maybe. 13, maybe, yeah. 13 or 14. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we we met, and then we went for chai outside. It was you, your goodbye, Sagar, bye. He yeah. was with us. He was with us already. Yeah. And then it was myself and Lipri. There was four of us, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then we had good chai. Yeah, we went out for tea after the recital, and then we came Asian back. Food. No, no, we had... Oh, we went to Chinese. Yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> I remember now. Chinatown. Was it? That was good food. I think it was, yeah, yeah, Chinatown. Yeah. We had a chow mein and uh, yeah. Manchurian or whatever it was. Yeah. And then we be- went back to the uh, residence. Yeah. Because sang- I, I had no idea about how good you guys were at the time. I was just learning. That was like, I'd been there for maybe a couple of weeks. I just kind of started my Drupad kind of journey. And it was the first time that I was spending kind of long time with Guruji. Um, and then I, I, I met you guys for the first time. I didn't know. You mentioned like, oh, we're learning of Shantanu Bhattacharya. I was like... Bhattacharya, some other Bengali, I didn't know who this guy was at the time. And so uh, he was like, let's go back, because you guys were like really keen and like, let's go back, we'll, sing, let's sing, we'll sit down. We'll, we'll sit down, yeah, yeah, we're always keen to sit yeah, down. Yeah. And, yeah. So you guys we came back to the, our room, Sagarbhai. I think, I can't remember, did you ask Sagarbhai to sing something first? Yeah. Yeah. So um, you guys were like really big on Darbari at the time, I remember. Yeah, huge on that, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Indrapreet was like, oh, it's got to be Darbari. So um, the other thing was we wanted. To, I'll tell you. What, I'll tell you like what, why we wanted to hit the body specifically. Yeah. Because we never had an like an intimate interaction with the Drupa, someone from the Drupa tradition. Mm. And obviously, Drupa tradition focuses more on like the Andolan and all this kind of that kind of stuff. Where mm. you're like, this is the we don't focus on that too much. Like, but but Gulamani Kansav in an interview has also said that ka gana to besura gana bhi hai. Like people are saying they sing Shruti. Yeah, but they're just singing Besura. Yeah, so like yeah. guy, it's like yeah. guy. He's, he sings like this and makes you know he's yeah, yeah. having a jab at it. Yeah, yeah. But we 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 didn't have that kind of attitude. But what I'm saying is that we were like really we wanted to hear a vocalist because mm-hmm. on the on a on a on a stringed instrument it's much easier to produce those um, kind of precise shootings. Yeah. But we were like, okay, if it's a drupad, if if you guys do, we wanted to hear your approach mm. to the body, and we we're like, we were so excited to yeah, to yeah. sit down. Well, okay, this is going to be exciting because we'll get an insight into, and we get to learn from that. Yes, yeah. you know, the, uh, everything's about learning yeah. at the end of the day, and so we we'll, we get to learn from like how you you or Sagar by whoever would sing would also approach the body because yeah. how we approach the body would be different. But we wanted to see how drupad person. Yeah. Would approach the gar and yeah. approach the dha, that kind of yeah that kind of thing yeah yeah, no, yeah. I remember Sagarbai sang full up yeah. and uh, I remember after hearing it, you guys were like it's different <laughs> no, no no it wasn't like that it was really good <laughs> no I, I remember you appreciated it but um, because it, the approach is very different you know uh, and then you guys sang the body as well yeah we just chimed in remember we we sang yeah, together yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah so it was like yeah. Sagarbai yeah. Were you singing? You didn't. No, sing. I was on Sarangi. You did play Sarangi. Yeah, at the time I was you playing. You know, Sarangi has a recording of that. Acha. Yeah, I don't know where, but that guy, that guy doesn't never loses anything. Mm. So he has a recording from 2014 of you, of you playing Sarangi. Mm. In the Pritan, I sing in Darbari. Acha, acha. And Sagarbai sing in Darbari. Yeah. So like a Drupad Kyal. Yeah. Darbari. 
I mean, I'm sure, sure it sounds horrendous now. I had no idea what Durbari was at the time. But yeah, anyway. well, I mean, I've, I was telling you, I've stopped singing Durbari. Yeah. Because yeah. it's just like, a, I think you need to wait till, I'm not going to put an age on it because people end up, you know, people interpret that the wrong way, that you're being elitist, yeah. like you need to be 60 years old before you can be. Yeah, you can't put it's a, not a, like a time that. on it. But no, it's, there it, is a maturity that's required exactly. for certain rugs and yes. Durbari is one of those rugs. Definitely one of those rugs. Where, yeah. yeah, you can sing it with Diyari and you can sing the patterns, but to get to the soul of that rug, mm. And not to sing it like a gimmick, hmm. uh, you need yeah, you need to put you need time up your you know up your yeah. sleeves. You need time and reals and like that's the rug that needs introspection and sadh. Like the kind of introspection that comes through uh, extensive sadhana. Yes, yeah. that kind of introspection. That's what the body demands. Before yeah. it's like you can you can sing me, but you need to spend the years in sadhana first. Yeah, and then the introspection that will be gifted to you through sadhana. With that, you can. You can attempt. Yeah. But, yeah. but no, but I still remember you guys sing, sang really well. No, and I was really like, because uh, I had no idea what to expect. Yeah. And I was just like really taken aback. I was like, wow, these guys, sing. I've not heard. That was the first time I thought, wow, there's some sardars that are doing music seriously. <laughs> that was first, literally the first time. Yeah. And I was really like, it, it was kind of like really um, a joyful moment for me yeah. to hear, hear you guys singing so well. Um, yeah. And then it was many years till we met again. Yeah, but I mean, first of all, you're being too kind. I need to, and I need to reciprocate that because I do enjoy your singing a lot as well. Yeah. And I think it's it's really rare that you find people that are taking. Double is really growing now. Double is yeah. Double is yeah. really growing. There's a solid scene, yeah. Is it, there's a solid scene amongst the Sikhs. Yeah. So a lot of young singers, singing isn't isn't like that. Singing no. is not like that. No. For whatever reason. Yeah. People aren't learning and and uh, and singing. I have theories why I think instrumentals because that's the same thing with strings. There's heaps of heaps of good dildra players coming up, you know, the yard yeah. dildra players. Yeah, you can you can kind of start getting into nitty gritty and be yeah. like, um, their talim isn't doesn't agree with my that kind of stuff. I'm talking about people that are focusing on tayari and getting tayar. Yeah, it's getting skill on the instrument. Getting yeah. skill on the instrument. Yeah. There's strings. We're getting a lot of dildra players like that. Yeah, we're getting a lot of um, percussionists. Yeah, it's just not happening with vocalists. Vocalists, it's yeah, it's not happening. Yeah, and I think. What's I your mean, theory on that? I think it's because, and I'm, this is no kind of. I'm not saying anything negative about instrumentalists, but I think there's a, it's a safety to being an instrumentalist because you adopt the voice of the instrument. Mm. You, the thing with because I play, I learned diruba, mm. and uh, I don't play it anymore. I focus solely on 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 singing, but there's a reason why the harmonium was adopted because it's you press the key. What the harmonium is is to the string instrument. The string instrument is to the voice. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, the harmonium, you press a key and it has a tone. Yeah. The string instrument, you spend the first, after a year, you get, you, the screeching goes away. Yeah. And you've got a tone on the vo- on the instrument. Yeah. I cannot play Dilruba for six years, but because I previously played it, I can hold sa and I'll get, I won't get screechiness. I'll get some sound out of it. Yeah. You know I mean? And the voice isn't like that. Yeah. The voice is, it needs consistent work. Yeah. And consistent reals, yeah. And otherwise, it it's as if it, it's it's as if if you were a dilruba player, and if you left your dilruba for four days, the instrument started to decay. Mm. That's what the voice does. Yeah, the voice just starts to decay. Like you, if you open your dilruba box up after six months, and it's just turned into dust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what the voice is like. Whereas the instrument, that's why you see like Shiv Kumar Sharmaji, Amjad Ali Khan, these these artists well into their kind of. 70s and 80s and keep, yeah, keep, yeah. they sound they got such beautiful tonal quality yeah um, which doesn't doesn't really retain 
it doesn't translate to vocalist. Yeah, it's true. And I think that, I mean, I'd like to hear your thoughts on it, but that's my kind of theory about it. That I think that because of that reason, yeah, uh, it's a little bit easier to do that. It's harder to find your voice. Yeah. It's easier to f- adopt the voice of an instrument. Yeah, yeah. No, I'd agree. I think I think the vocal... Wait, wait, I need to clarify because if people don't know, you're a really good stringy player as well. So that's the background you're talking from. Yeah, I mean, I don't really play serenge anymore. I haven't touched touched the instrument for a long time. But uh, yeah, I, I played it for many years because I was, you know, fascinated by the sound of it. Serenge is one of the richest kind of tonal quality of the instrument. It kind of, it's just so rich. It's close to the voice, you know. Um, but I also found that there was no, not as much satisfaction in playing the serenge as there is in, when singing. And I think that's that's one of the big differences. Like, at the end of the day, the instrument is just an instrument. Okay, you, people say, oh, the instrument becomes part of you, it becomes one. But your voice is like, ultimately, it is you. To For me, it's a, it's a very spiritual thing as well, because if you, if you have a sense of your identity, how do you, you know, how do you relate to yourself? How do you communicate? How do you relate to the world? We, we communicate mostly through words, through our voice. So your voice is like, it's you. You know, it's hard to separate your voice from your identity. And um, yeah, a lot of people have kind of uh, different issues and baggage and about using the voice, you know, mental blocks and fear and this, all, all kinds of that stuff comes in. But that, which makes it harder to become a vocalist, to find your voice, to then do all the hard work with the voice. And, and like you say, it's not something which you can just uh, put it back and then come back a year later and then just pick it up again. It's like without doing the hard work, you can't use the voice as, it, as it's supposed to. It, you know, it's, it, it needs a sadhana, a continuous, regular sadhana. Yeah. So the voice is, it's a, it's not, for me, it's on a different plane yeah. above instrumental. And Indian Hindustani music has always kept that notion of vocal being the highest yeah. of all musics. Yeah. And those instruments which are considered next in the hierarchy are the instruments which come closest to the voice sound. So like Bansuri, Sarangi, you know, some of the strings. Yeah, people are going to be like, people listening will be like, of course, true vocalists would say that. No? Yeah, yeah, no, but I'm just, I'm just yeah, regurgitating what Hindustani music has, yeah. has, has, you know, the theory of Hindustani music. And I think, I think we both come from an instrumental background as well. Yeah. Know? So this yeah. isn't something that we and I do feel that, that it is, it is on a different plane in that sense. Yeah. You know? And many, many instrumentalists got frustrated and moved to singing. That's another pattern. Yeah. You know, the Kirana Garana was many, many instrumentalists that switched then to singing. A, a, they won't feel like they were getting the recognition. The status of instrumentalist was a lower, but there was a reason because the vocalist had more work, it's harder, and you, you know, so and you get more satisfaction, I think, from singing. So many Barigulamli Khansab used to play instrumentally, moved Gurana exponents, they moved to a vocal from instrumental, um, and it's it's kind of a trend that you'll you'll observe, you know. Yeah. Even Pandit Ramrain, I remember hearing his interview. Uh, there was a time when he switched to vo- vocal, <laughs> and then people said like. Stop singing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had to go back to Sarangi. Yeah. But uh, sometimes the, the, uh, an instrument is limiting. You know, you can't do everything that the yeah. voice can. And in terms of repertoire as well, right? There's how many yeah. guts can you, you know? Yeah. Whereas whereas just a simple simple bandish, a new bandish in the same rag that you've sung a hundred times. Yeah. But the bandish, the, what the words do to the bandish. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's like instrumental instruments are two D and vocal is three D. You know, yeah. the third dimension is the is the words, it's the words, which is just like a whole new world. Yes, exactly. So it can't. And I mean, kirtan is reliant on the words. Yeah, that's the yeah. central part of yeah. kirtan and the Sikh tradition. Yeah, is the I mean, that's everything revolves around the Gurbani. Yeah, and uh, so that's why it's a bit like you know, all, all, like there's a big resurgence kind of happening, but it's all in instrumental, and not in, not in yeah. vocal. I don't know. I mean, I don't know why. I, I I don't have any justification. Especially with Sikhs, you know, because Gurbani is a central. Yeah. You know. I think, I I always come back to the historical aspect of it and how just the culture for music has been damaged so much that okay, where where do you go to learn good vocal music for a start? That's that's an issue, you know. Okay, you go you can go outside, which is what we've done. You know, I'm learning for someone in Pune, Calcutta. You know, it's uh, that's what one has to do. Um, in order to get some of that that, that caliber of music, you know, yeah. back. Um, but I'm sure now that's that's not the only reason because you're right. If if there's a popularity of instruments and instrumental music, why is it not happening in the vocal? Yeah, because there's there's not exactly great instrumental stars in 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 Punjab specifically, yeah. but more than vocal. You know, I think the whole music scene is pretty much the same level. Yeah. I think it comes back to the voice of the instrument and the and your voice because in your voice. You can get a palta and then go crazy and do the palta, mm. but at the end of the day, if you don't know how to, you know, your how you you need to formulate the, where the voice comes from, the mudra that you need to sing for the voice and all that kind of stuff, mm. it won't. It will still sound terrible. It won't sound good. Whereas with an instrument, you can practice yeah. a, a palta enough times and it will sound good. Yeah, yeah. It'll end up sounding good. Yeah. Um. Then you're fine tuning it. But with a voice. Like if you have a lisp, if you if you're not producing the voice, yeah. if you're not um, projecting the voice, there's 50 billion things. There's so many more variables, I guess. There's a lot yeah. more variables. Yeah, um, that's probably it. But I mean, you know, when you were talking about ITC and mm. that culture, mm. the entire time what I was thinking of is like, why doesn't it exist in the six? Like how, if only that what you were talking about, Ustad sitting at the back. Yeah, this culture of kind of an intellectual exchange in the arts it just doesn't exist. Mm. And we kind of, I mean, people don't know, we were having dinner last night mm. and we chat, we, again, we just chat like this all the time. So we were chatting for like two, three hours of dinner. But we, we spoke, we touched on this as well, where you were kind of describing the colonial impact mm. and how that led to the kind of downfall of the art specifically we can talk about music because yeah. that's what i connect with yes what we both yeah but i mean you, you you do have a broader um, spectrum of one one my understanding of music is not an academic one right? mm. it's a practical one it's a practical one. exactly yeah. and i i'm a musician mm. not a musicologist mm. not a researcher and i think musicians have a have in today's what, what like people expect everyone to be everything it's a bad approach mm. You should you you should you want yeah, your music. That's a good point, actually. That's yeah. a very good point. Yeah, you want your musicologists to be damn good musicologists. Yeah, they don't have to be really good vocalists. No. It's not their job. Yeah. but you want your musicians to be good musicians. Mm. You don't you, you don't want them to be like uh, just just keep rattling off theory. Like you know, people can come to me, come to me like, "Acha dasam granche kine ragne." We like that's not the fact that you ask that question as a metric. Yeah. Tells me that you just don't understand music. Yeah, you just don't understand music. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's what I mean. Uh, your spectrum of of kind of uh, research is way wider than mine. 
Mm. I have a small, narrow wavelength. I have music, and then I have vocal music, and then I have the KL style. Yeah. So it's a very spectrum, and it's very kind of pointed, and that's yeah. that's how I, that's my approach. Yeah. Um. So and mine's a practical approach where I feel like I need to sing it. I don't. I'm not. It's not about theory for me. Yeah. It's about practical application because if if I if I can practically replicate it, only then can I can I sing it, pass it on, etc. It doesn't travel in books. Yeah. But yours is way wider than that. You're you're legitimately kind of working towards being a musicologist and a researcher and stuff. You're doing a PhD right now, so uh, that's why I was saying. I just want to clarify you. That's an that's a humble statement for you to put myself and you on the same plane in music. You know, no, so, but uh, you know, it, as I always, you know, okay, they're related, but the way that I look at what I'm doing, you know, I'm ultimately I'm a student of music like you as well. You know, just pursuing Drupal, you're pursuing Kial, and. I, I look at it as we're in a similar boat, you know, um, in that respect. It's just that you got a day job and my day job is research kind of thing. And it, ha- yeah. it just so happens that because my passion is music, my research is related to the music, to the music you know. Yeah. But I, I, you know, they're, they're related, but they're kind of two separate aspects. When I sit down to do Riyaz, I don't think about theory of music or my musicology cap. It's like two caps that I put on, yeah. if you like. Um, or two pugs. <laughs> yeah, you can't put topis on. That's, what's the call? It's like seven, seven, yeah, seven j- janams uh, hell or something. You know that? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, I don't know. There's like a pankti, I think, I think, sajana kushti or something. Like that. There's a pankti that people like to, to, uh, it's like if you wear a topi, you got seven, seven lives as like a oh, le- leper or something. I don't know. Yeah, something taken There's out of something context. Scary. Like. <laughs> something, yeah, probably, yeah, most definitely taken out of context and used to scare people, but yeah. If you don't want to suffer for seven janams, mm. don't say topi. Chica. Say pugs. Pug. <laughs> and so I've got my PhD pug on now. <laughs> the um, No, but the, the reason I got into the research initially is because it was around the, probably soon after we met, you know, I'd 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 met Guruji in 2012 in a, in a workshop and I'd been playing Sarangi and I had an interest in Rag, Kirtan and that. And then I decided, wow, this is... I've never heard music like this and I, I just decided I want to learn through but then I want to learn from Pandit Deva Varkar, you know. So that's that was going since 2012. We met in 2013 or 14. And then soon after, I was like, okay, I'm learning Drupad now. I'd quit my job. You know, I was, a, I was a software engineer for one of the Europe's top five hedge funds. So it was powerful enough for me to decide that, you know, I'm fed up with programming. I don't want to do that really. It's not something which I... I feel is my calling in life. So I, I decided this is music is really touching me. I want to do this. But then the question comes, okay, is that enough? You know, uh, I, I starting very late in life. It is, I might not become a, a, a dripping singer and start singing professionally, you know? So the idea came and I'd always had questions growing up as a teenager, you know, learning Sarangi and learning Rag Kirtan's like, why is this not happening in the Gurdwaras? Why do you not hear this? Why did it change? When did it change? Where's the, where's the books that have my answers to my questions you know and there was no there was no books there was no answers to the questions there was no research so it was kind of a natural follow-on um from my journey to that led me into this academic historical musicological research process i did masters in 2016 and then start the phd uh, 2018 and um it's just, it's just because i i genuinely had questions and i just found no answers and Someone said, "Oh, well, you, you know, you're 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 academically quite, you know, uh, 
inclined, academically inclined, why don't you do a PhD in, the, in musicology, something related to that? And um, yeah, so it just I just felt like once I'd taken a step out of this programming world and things just seem to align, you know, and I, I, I'm a believer in that whatever is meant to be your destiny or whatever is, it will happen, you know. And um, yeah, I'm fortunate that I had the a good advice from different directions that took me into the academic world um, that started this research process and been going for, you know, f f since about almost four or five years now. And uh, it's it just uncovers so much because once you go into history, you have to have a contextual history, you know, and this is why, like what you're saying is with this idea of a wider kind of knowledge base, you have to go into that because, well, why did the music change? You have to understand what was happening. We're talking about Sikh music. Okay, what was happening in Sikhism at the time? Okay, why is, what, Sikh, what's happening in Sikhism at the time is in India, is in Punjab. What was happening in Punjab or the colonial period? Then you have to start, you just have to start, you know, just like no end. Then where do, where do you stop reading, you know, yeah. to understand the whole uh, picture and build an image of like what was going on at that time in the people's heads yeah. that led to these decisions being made and uh, the decline of music. And, you know, to come to the, to this idea of why music declined, you know, you mentioned the ITC SRA atmosphere. Why is that atmosphere not in Punjab? I feel that, you know, from the, from the study that I've been doing, the, if you look at, say, 100 years ago, we'll go, so we're in 2019, go back to 1919. This is still the period of the months. The, the SGPC had not come into existence. The Gurdwaras were in control of the months. And in Amritsar alone, you had two, more than 200, not just Gurdwaras, but Dharamsalas, and uh, akaras and kind of these small um deras you know institutions the kind of religious institutions which were run by uh various lineages you know of either nirmala or dasi or sevapanti or different sampradayas belonging to different sampradayas but the activity in these dharamsalas was okay one was uh the idea of dharam dharmat giving langar providing accommodation for pilgrims to come to amritsar but also learning. So these, you had, you're talking about 200 or more mm. centers of learning in Amritsar alone. Yeah, speaks of the culture. And Amritsar was not as big as it was, uh, as, as it is now, back then. So that tells that tells me so much, like walking around some of the old city and asking some questions just this time when we were there, last this last year. Um, it was like, oh yeah, this was a dharamsala. Oh, that was also a dharamsala. And in one little gully, you have like five dharamsalas. Mm. And it, it builds a picture of like, it's like such a strong culture, you know, of education, you know, in these dharamsalas, Gurmukhi, Sanskrit, Farsi, Arbi, like I was just saying, all these languages would have been taught. Music was taught, um, you know, uh, all the, all through oral, oral tradition, you know, you had a, a guru and a chilla, various chillas, you know, learning. And Darbar Sahib, in the Darbar Sahib, we have, we say, Bungay, Jogu, Jogu, Atal, you know, Das. That has no meaning, there's no Bungay left. Yeah. What what jugu jugu tal, you know? They're yeah. not we the SGPC uh, destroyed them around the time of partition. Mm. So what were those bunge? They were again institutions around the Darbar Sahib, which were facilitating accommodation uh, as well as education in a lot of instances. So you had various schools for music in in and around the Darbar Sahib. That's a lost concept. Like who no one would even think of that now. Uh, you have schools of Arabic and Sanskrit and Farsi in the Darba, in the Parkarma. And, you know, talking about hundreds of institutions of 
education in one city like Amritsar gives gives you an idea. All these heads of these institutions, the Mahants, they were often trained in multiple disciplines, Ayurveda, um, languages, um, music. So it may not be that they were performing musicians, but they were trained in music and they understood music. And these were then the patrons that uh, facilitated musical environments, you know. So you have um, mention of the Udasi, one of the Udasi Akharas in Darbarsab, uh, which had 70 musicians just in an Udasi Akhara in the, in the, How out many? On the 70. 70. Yeah, resident musicians. That's not Darbarsab, that's just one of the Akharas in the Prakarma. Wow. You know, so we have such, it's like a, when, you know, when I, when I go over this in my mind again, it's like, I just can't get over how a drastic a transformation it is. Yeah. To go from that to what we have today, to ab- absolute absence of everything. It's like, it's, it's sad, but we know why, you know, because that environment of this rich, you know, this rich environment where you had many institutions uh, which were educating, passing on culture, art, science, medicine, they all disappeared because the SGPC came in, reform came in, and it was seen that anything which is Western is good. So out with the old pedagogical systems, you know, oral tradition, and the, uh, which was how knowledge had been passed down, and which was uh, highly valued kind of systems. It were t- time-tested systems that lasted for centuries. Mm. And then you just, all of a sudden, it's like throwing the baby out with the bathwater. You know, you suddenly create a... We need a democracy. We're, we're colonialized now. <laughs> uh, and um, so the so the Gurdwaras changed hands. They became uh, democratically run. And the the those patrons who had the knowledge and who had the appreciation for the arts and the sciences, and the, they all uh, were devalued, you know, at the same time. They were uh, uh, vilified. They were made to look like... Uh, evil people maybe there was instances of corruption which was then used to kind of vilify all the old school because if they were hereditary run you know and and hereditary was against the kind of modern thing yeah um so that 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 fall of that environment really is and then along with the partition and the separation of musicians to who were mostly uh, muslim to lahore and pakistan and the move of hindu and sikh patrons to india it's like you, you, the, the social fabric which allows music in Punjab to flourish for centuries had been just torn apart. You take the patronage to one country and you take the musicians to the other country and it's like Punjab just flopped in music. And then Calcutta comes up, Bombay comes up. And this is why, for me, today, Punjab... Again, it happened in 1984. Sikhs and the Hindus, more divided. Music, the culture suffered. Yeah. So there's, there's many reasons, you know. I, I can go on, but you, you'll have to... Uh, no, I'll, be, I'll be regurgitating my thesis to you. Uh, <laughs> what well, the thing is, uh, we we touched on this like I think three days ago, three four days ago. We're chatting in the car, but my question is like, I first of all, I'm on the same page as you are with mm. this. But when the Sing Sabha movement happened, because that's a, that's you haven't mentioned that term, but at the end of the day, that's what you're talking about. Sing Sabha, right? yeah, Singh the Sabha, reform, yeah. yeah, the reform, this, yeah. So with the Sing Sabha movement. Um, the main kind of justification for the Singh Sabha movement is corruption and, you know, th- exploitation of, of Sikhs and, this, you know, money that's been coming in from the Sikh Sangat and all this kind of stuff like that. Yeah. Um, is there any credit to that? And if, because the thing is, Singh Sabha movement is a big movement. Yeah. Uh, 
and you can't really justify it by saying they just did it for no reason. Yeah. I'm just thinking from your research is there anything that you can see that kind of start to justify because I feel like there that you know there needs to be something you know where there's no there was smoke there's fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 it feels unfair to kind of just say that no single move is completely wrong yeah. and we didn't need it it ruined everything. I mean yes the ramification were, were worse than you could ever imagine. Yeah. Agreed. But why did they it's been 100 years hundreds of years or whatever right? and the mm. tradition's been going fine. Mm. Suddenly why did they want the what want the sense of our movement you know it's got to do with with wanting independence and yeah. all this kind of stuff's kind of playing it together. Yeah. So were there any bad and bad actors then? There was of yeah like you like you're right to mention the point and I've I've often tried to you know you have to be neutral as a researcher and so you can't just say like oh the things of were just bad all they did was just bad of course there was a reason why they did what they did they felt what they were doing was right but the people that were involved in the reform movement were the colonialized bracket of the Sikhs of the time they were the colonialized and Sikhs what were they trying to address from their perspective so in if you're colonialized if you're a colonialized mind at the time you're thinking that equality for all education for all you're thinking you're thinking will be like um very kind of a morality and an ethics based on a christian protestant morality and ethics because that's what the british were uh so the that sense of uh the attitudes and the um uh yeah yeah the attitudes of the time were becoming basically western christian protestant type of attitudes and that meant i just got an example in my mind so look, i think on on holy holy on the festival of holy um in the bar side there used to be a festival uh, a four a four day music festival when people used to sing the songs of holy the play of colors and krishna and the gopis they used to be at in the park right Where? yeah in the uh, guruka bag which is just opposite the uh, langar hall langar hall yeah. so you wouldn't even you, you wouldn't, wouldn't even conceptualize that yeah, right? yeah. like people everyone goes there yeah. but people, when people walk past there because everyone's walked past that place yeah but you wouldn't even conceptualize yeah they, in that spot the great names of hindustani music have performed bari gulamani khan puluskar omkarnath uh, thakur all these all these guys you name it in front of the langar hall between langar hall and manjeet yeah 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 But no no one even has a clue that that even happened now anymore that's how the history just disappeared um but as an example four day music festival what sung is the the you know krishna and the gopis the play of what happens at holi colonial writers at the time there's a, a book uh, about the gurdwara reform movement by uh, a hindu who was a lawyer a colonialized a kind of western very western educated west well spoken uh, lawyer or high court judge or something like a whole prominent hindu um his name is ruchi ram sahni and he writes about the gurdwara reform movement saying that on holi licentious songs are sung in the durbar sahib you you transfer you you're taking this divine play of krishna you know who's a deity and the 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 gopis which is like a almost a metaphor for the soul and uh, the the souls you know or 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 humanity and atma parmatma you know this idea of many 
the the multitude of soul us, brides, uh, yeah, soul brides yeah. and the, and the, and yeah. the which is in good morning groom. Yeah, so many times it comes. So you're taking that metaphor. You're you're, you're just ignoring that metaphor because you have no knowledge of it. The indigenous education disappeared, and you're just saying, "Oh, he's talking about love and playing and." And it's, it's, it's licentious. It's, you know, it's, that's a very colonial British take on it. It's just a superficial take on what the poetry talks about mm. rather than looking at the subtler, mystical, uh, traditional interpretations of these poetry. So that's the kind of attitude that I'm talking about. Yeah. And if, if, if then someone, all the colonial minds who were the ones that were going for this reform movement, if they're all thinking like that, then what can you expect? Yes, everyone's going to believe like, yes, this is licentious. We have to remove it. Yeah. So these changes came like in their mind, that was what was wrong. That's wrong. That is actually wrong. So it's only wrong because they have the, the wrong attitude, and they have the, they lack they have ignorance. They lack the understanding of how to understand it. And so it's the same thing. I think there was many instances where things, small things, were happening because the indigenous uh, pedagogical systems and the indigenous knowledge had been so uh, reduced and colonial knowledge and. Uh, attitudes had overtaken uh, people started to misconstrue what was happening mm-hmm. and then say this needs to be reformed this is just wrong because you're you're looking at it from a totally new attitude now so there that was a big part of it on top of that i do think there was some bad things that had happened there was some corruption that had crept in also so one of the examples that i was mentioning to you the other day is that you know only after the british came which is again a colonial influence is that property became uh, you know, land became uh, the belonging of some person. It was landed property. The law changed. Before that, land didn't belong to uh, the. If if you if you were a mahant of a certain dera or dharamsala or gurdara, you didn't own the land. You were give you were put in place as a custodian. If you made a mistake, your patron would kick you out. You know. Now these mahants became landed property owners. Mm. This is my. I can yeah. do what I want here at night time. You know, and there was some stories spread about bringing dancing girls dancing into girls, the, yeah. you know, there was probably one or two instances of that, not thousands, yeah. you know, but which is why it's made out to be sometimes like all the Mahants were bad. Yeah. You know, BBS Bible Deep Singh says uh, there was only three months that were bad. According to the Bazurks, this is what he's held from his uncles and his uncles heard from their father. At that time, there was only three bad Mahants. Yeah. That set the example, we need to remove the Mahants. Yeah. And it wasn't just those bad examples, it was the fact that Mahants was hereditary, prone to corruption. In a Western colonial mindset, you can't have a hereditary system. Mm. What if his son is just an idiot? You have to remove him. Yeah. You need a democracy, which is flawed because we know democracy is corrupt. Today's democracy is all corrupt anyway. So, you know, this, these are the issues yeah. that we... But see, there's nothing at the same time, like I'm conflicted as well, because yeah. you and I both believe in a merit-based system. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, we don't believe in, you know, like by Singh, he's he's always talking about his... Like his claim to excellence, a lot of it relies on his ancestors, um, like beating Rababis and in the what's the story? Who who, who are we talking about? This, uh, this is yeah, yeah. Uh, Baba Jawala Singh yeah, defeating Baba, by Moti Rababi. Yeah, so that kind of thing. At the same time, I don't agree with that. Like your each person's kind of um, they have to stand on their own two feet, and it's about merit. So. It's a bit, you're in the middle a little bit, right? Like, yeah, hereditary systems work, and they did work until then, but these guys were clearly trying to impose a new system. I don't know, it's it's all a bit grey. 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's all a bit great. You know, what's definitely black and white is that we lost a lot. You yeah, know? and that's. Yeah. And I don't think there were foreseen circumstances. There were unforeseen circumstances when the things that were doing what they, uh, did what they did. They they were trying to do the best according to their upbringing and their education. Yeah. And they had no idea. They had no idea that this would have a, such a negative impact. This recorded. I was I was watching an interview of Principal uh, Dial Singh of Rakhavganj. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he says in the interview that when he was young, he heard uh, that at the time of the formation of the SGPC, there was a gathering of kind of the Mahapurk, the Mahatma, you know, whoever was there at the time, the Sants. They got together, major leaders within the Sikh community, spiritually uh, evolved characters within the Sikh community at the time. To have to discuss this issue, because there was it was a big issue. The Akali movement had come. There was you know they were doing protests, uh, sitting themselves at the Gurdwara outside of Gurdwara as the British police were getting involved. It was kind of messy. So there was a, a gathering of these kind of important people and spiritual figures within the Sikh community, and they, what they all agreed upon is like, if this democracy system comes into play, in seventy years' time it's going to be worse off. That was the outcome of this uh, meeting of the great Sikhs at the time, the non-colonialized Sikhs. They decided that, look, what you guys want, you want reform, but if you put in this democracy system in 70 years' time, it's going to be more west up than it is now. So that was a, a kind of a, a button, if you like, that was given at the time. And no surprise, it manifested. Um, but this is, this is something that came out of Principal Diasi, you know, what he recounted in an interview. And uh, yeah, I think, it goes to show that some people may have understood what was going on at the time, but the the people that were doing it didn't see that because they were so so colonialist from birth. You know, you imagine from birth you're going to Atchison College here in Lahore, or you're going to Khalsa College in uh, Amritsar. Khalsa College was founded by these Singh Sabha as well. It's giving a Western education. All of the they just suddenly throw all the indigenous stuff as kind of subsidiary and not important. Because the colonials are the rulers and whatever they do is the best we want to become the, like what the rulers are doing, you know? Yeah. So I think it's just unfortunate. I don't think they were malicious. They, you know, I, I don't think I was trying to get. Yeah, I don't, I don't see the things about at all malicious. It's just really unfortunate that that colonialism and, you know, the colonial power didn't have, they had no idea what was happening. <laughs> it's not like, they, okay, they made uh, decisions, what they thought was best as well at the time. You know, they didn't want the reform to come into play. But then the reformists got so powerful, it's like, okay, this seems to be the Sikh majority. We have, we have to go to the majority now. Because they didn't want the uh, electorate system to come to the Gurdas. They wanted to, like, let's just leave it how, we, how it was when we came, you know. They didn't want the trouble of all this stuff. But because, the, because of colonialism, the education coming in and empowerment of Western education, people started to challenge the colonial. That's why Britain had to leave and, and the, colonial came, the colony came to an end at the end, yeah. you know, in 1947. Um, so they didn't foresee that either. No one was being particularly malicious. Neither the British... People like to blame... They like to point fingers. Yeah. Scapegoat is this. It was the Singh Sabha. It was the British. No. Yeah, no one's to blame. Yeah. It's just all unfortunate. Yeah. Ultimately. That's the way that I look at it. Yeah. But, I mean, there was some propaganda at the time as well with the, you know, with the rumours about the Bobbies. As soon as they'd come out from doing Keith and Adarbar Sahib, they'd kind of gargle and then spit out uh, metaphorically saying that yeah we've we've sung your gurbani but we're muslims and we can't sing this so here i'm yeah. spitting this out now that that those yeah. kind of rumors did exist they did exist so and there again, was something happening yeah know? there was there was, there would have been some cases but also you think okay if they were doing that 
and you know you've met Rababis. We've met Rababis yeah. here in Lahore. Yeah, they're we've, very. We've we've tried to clarify that story with almost every single one. Yeah, and a lot of them seem very kind of some more than others because they're now living in a Muslim you know uh, republic, Islamic republic. But um, some of them still have a kind of a devotion, which mm-hmm. is which is amazing. You know, in yeah. this after seventy years after partition with no Sikhs around and no patronage, yeah. um, there was a there was a kind of. There would have been a, a range within the Rababis. Some had become more uh, Islamified. But, but by the time of the Singh Sabha uh, coming to the reform movement, which is around 1920 to 1925, you already have 40 years of Singh Sabha being around. And what the Singh Sabha were doing, which is, uh, again, I'm not saying it's malicious, but it was intelligent, use of print media. So once the printing presses came into India, they started to publish books, books, books about uh, what, this reformed Sikhi should look like. So when like all the Ham Hindu and these... Yeah, Ham Hindu Nai, uh, and what was the other one? Um, like, Gurmat philosophy, all these kind of books are like defining yeah. what is the guru-centric yeah. kind of narrow, narrow, mm. na- na- you know, um, uh, this Sikhi this box, which is great, yeah, basically, yes. you know. Um, and in the process, because the Arya Samaj had appeared, the... Ahmadiyya Muslim reform, the Muslim reform movement had appeared, Singh Sabha had appeared. There was, as a result of colonialism, uh, increased division, increased communalism. So these religious communities were already kind of starting to like, hold on, you know, we're, we're, mm. we're Sikhs, you're Hindus, you know, and you're Muslims. So the Rababis would have found themselves in a grey zone, like, well, yeah. what are we, you know? <laughs> it's like, yeah. where do we find ourselves? And then you have writers of the Singh Sabha period, Publishing the stories of Satta Balwand, how they made a mistake, trying to kind of reinforce the idea that oh, the Rababis, you know, they they're the ones that made a mistake centuries ago, yeah. but they made a mistake. Yeah, one, you know? two of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was published in many, many books. Why? Why? The Gurbanis in, in Guru Granth Sahib, like this. Yeah. If like, someone was redeemed, it was them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there was this agenda to show that look, the Rababis. They're ultimately just Muslims. There's books published uh, about how saying how Muslims were the root downfall of all the music, you know, Puluskur, and that was one of Puluskur's ideologies, how the Muslim stars were corrupt and they, they didn't maintain the Sanskrit theory of music <laughs> and the, you know, the Hindu so aspect. Is Omkarna Thakur like that as well? Yeah. I heard a he story about, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard a story about, he was Puluskur's, what was it? Was it school, really? that school, school, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I heard a story that, uh, one he wouldn't that's why he started keeping violin as a compliment okay because all the Sarangi players were Muslim oh god yeah and so he was a mad kind of you know uh, Hindu extremist almost and so he would carry Ganga Jal with him everywhere mm. and then clean the stage after a Muslim artist that now I'm coming and so he'd tell one of his children that you go and then clean the entire stage and then spray Ganga Jal on the yeah, and that, that, that's, if that's happening just in Hindustani music, that's reflective of the division amongst communities, mm, yeah. you know? So that was there in the Sikh community as well. Yeah. The Rababis, some of them more than others, were feeling like, well, these Sikhs are now trying to push us out and say we're Muslims and we're doing bad and we're spitting. You know, some of these might have been rumours, some of them have been made true. But as a response, they might have started doing this, you know? Yeah. They may have actually started doing that in response as well. We can't say chicken or egg, which came first, you no, know? Yeah. But the result, the, the outcome is because... This division was being created in the colonial period yeah. for the first time. This is yeah. the first time that, yeah, you know, you have many counter stories of Rababis that are waking up 2 a.m. 
yeah. reciting Sukhmani Sahib and going to do Asa yeah. and, and being more devoted Sikhs than uh, than any other you know Sikh that you could imagine. Exactly, you know, yeah. so there was a spectrum yeah. within the Rababis, but I think we mustn't forget that the, the Rababi community is and was its origins lies within the Sikh religion. It is you can't put it outside the Sikh. It's it's no. within. Yeah. and all the descendants all the later Rababis that came in it's can't, you can't say oh they're just Muslims that were just kind of alongside no. a parallel track no. no their whole job their whole livelihood for centuries yeah. God knows you were talking 17, 18 generations based on the kind of figures that we hear today yeah. of people that just sank eat them yeah. you're saying they have no devotion towards what they it doesn't make what, sense no it doesn't make any sense and what you were saying is um, when we were chatting that Gurbani came in sonic form that's the actual form of Gurbani is yeah. when it's sung that's how I relate to it. I mean, but it's, I, I agree with that. Yeah. The, it was sung first. And yeah. everyone, the mainstream of, of, of Sikhs also, they agree with that same concept. Like Gurbani was sung. It didn't yeah. come down on a... On a on yeah, Barni Ayi. Barni Ayi. It's, it's kind of a, a, a subtle kind of revelation yeah, yeah. that came. And the story, you know, the the, the story is like, Manubani Yeah, then it came. That's, yeah, exactly. That story. So, he, all of Gurbani was sung. And... Then the written form came later to, to kind of uh, there was a, as yeah, a the, secondary, yeah, as a secondary almost a like parallel was, kind of Bauti tradition, Bauti where, tradition which yeah. led to the formation of the Grant exactly. Guru Granth Sahib. But the know? guruship and the the actual Gurbani was given to the Gurbani, and yeah. Gurbani came in sonic form. Is yeah. what you're saying, which you know, it's true. How can you deny that? Yeah. And then if you agree with that, that Gurbani came in sonic form. It came with it came in a it came they sung it yeah. in the Rabbi Spain yeah and when they sung it the it wasn't Rabbi like Gurunanak did, did no, uh, part, part. no <laughs> yeah. they sung yeah and if they sung and then they sung with by Mardana it's a collective effort mm. and so from the very start the two kind of ropes are intertwined as they come down yeah and often in the Janam Sakis as well as as a kind of an additional reference to that you have uh, many Sakis where it says that Gurunanak told by Mardana to recite one of his Shabbats. Well, so he's specifically saying that I'm not singing, Mardana, please sing this for me. Yeah, you know. Aye, aye, aye. So we that's yeah. this is just more more evidence, you know, yeah. for that. Um, that's be, like I was speaking. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And in terms of pluralism and kind of inclusiveness, my perception has changed since since this trip. That's been a big positive here. You know, in concept, everyone agrees with that, right? We're, we're accepting, come on in, we have four doors to Darbar Sahib, Christian, Muslim, Sikh, Hindu, everyone, these, these kind of things are always said, right? But in practicality, that's not true. It's not true. A woman can't do Kirtan in Darbar Sahib, yeah. let, alone, let alone someone from another. Yeah. Another thing. Do no seva, no seva, nothing. No seva, anything, right? Um, let alone another community to come in and do it. It just doesn't exist. It's, it's a lie that we're telling these days. But coming here, and then seeing Muslims sing with such devotion. Hi, 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 hi. It's not about like it's not about the vocal excellence. It's not about that. Yeah. You're not looking for that. You're looking for surah that hits the soul. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what you find in the Bubbies. Exactly. Yeah, in the old recordings, yeah, fine, you're looking for excellence as well. Yeah. But God it's something in their voice. It's a texture in their voice. You can't reproduce it. Yeah. You know, you can, in my head, I'm listening to them, I'm notating everything they're doing, but it's not about notation. <laughs> yeah. It's beyond notation. Yeah. And for someone, I, I, I don't, I'm not, I don't focus, I don't dwell much on like the supernatural or anything like that. Right? Mm. I don't dwell much on that. 
But goddamn, I just can't describe it. I can't justify it. I can't, I can't pin it down in terms of physicality. I don't know what it is. Yeah. But sitting down at Paitaru Singhurdwara, and for those that don't know, there's a disp- it's like disputed land right now. It was mm. very hard to film there. We filmed there. We filmed by Tahir Iqbal Singh there with his sons. Mm. And uh, it was very hard to film there. That we Basically, it's Shahidi son of Pai Taruji. And uh, that's kind of situated within this other building that's now been that's now kind of been destroyed. And it still has old walls across, but the ceiling is gone. And right next to it is a um, tomb of a Muslim peer who was said to be Saimiya Mir's teacher. Mm. And it's a conflict because the Muslims are saying that this is a Gurdwara. Uh, this is a mosque that you've built a Gurdwara in and that the Shidistan is actually the tomb of that Sufi, that, that Peer's son. And the Sikhs are saying that, no, this is a Gurdwara. And so the whole place is kind of a bit of a dire kind of circumstances. The Sevadars are only there to make sure that it doesn't get taken over by the, the guys that are running the the, the tomb and yeah. stuff like that. And all over the walls next to the Gurdwara, it says, you know, La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah, and these kind of proclamations of... of the, but sitting in a place like that, which is a Gurdwara, but it's not a Gurdwara. It's a mosque, but it's not a mosque. Mm. It's definitely Gurbani, but they're definitely Muslims. Mm. And they're sitting there singing. And I, I put, I put, I did share a clip of it. Pandjamiya, Pandjamiya, they're singing it. Hi, hi, hi. And the, the video can't do it justice. I can't wait for us to release the entire thing. Obviously, yeah. it's going to be edited and, and released properly on the Madonna project. But... It's been a different experience. Just sitting there, just looking at it, going, okay. It just shakes you up. What is Sikhi? What is Sikhi now? Mm. You know, growing up in those closed environments where that box that was built pre-partition and now everyone is proclaiming these boxes come down from Guru Nanak Dev Ji. It doesn't, it's just, Mm. that concept doesn't even exist. And it was just hard, you know. You have to reconcile so many things. But at the same time, you can't deny what you feel when you listen to them. Yeah. You're a Drupad singer. Yeah. I'm a Kyal singer. Yeah. They're neither. Yeah. Yeah. But what they sing touches the heart. Yeah. No, I mean, I can only echo exactly what you said because for me, when I first heard Bai Gulam Chand when he came to the UK, it was like, that's one of the few times that I've been touched by Kirsten, genuinely, you know? And it was such a Kirsten that I've never heard before. And I've never heard since. You probably will. We, we probably will never heard. That, that was that. That time is gone. Like I'll never hear that such Kirtan again. Oh, yeah. This is you know someone who's grew up as a kid doing Kirtan in the Basab, you know, and that was like there was some other barkat on you know on him. That was on older babis, I think historically, you know, something. Yeah, again, this is I think it's still there because, like you're saying, even his son Pai Muin, even oh, yeah. Tahir the way they sing will touch you like no ragi is oh. touching me yeah. today, you know. Did Raggi's touch you before? No. <laughs> we don't want Raggi's touching you, man. No Raggi touching. No, that's... No, no, no. Is that come as part of the colonial? <laughs> <again? laughs> it's the priestly class. Yeah, priestly Zeke class. priestly class. Yeah, yeah. So we don't want them to touch you. But I get what you mean. Yeah. I get what you mean. But, the singing uh, touches you. Yeah. Yes, yeah. That's, that's okay. Yeah. So, I think... It's definitely... There's definitely something there. And you can't... Like you say, you can't describe it. You can't place what it is. You can't put it into words. You can only experience it. You can only experience it. And you can't experience it necessarily in a recording either. Mm. Like you're saying. Not at all. I listen to recordings of Pai Gulam and Chanda and it doesn't, it doesn't it's like, it does have the same effect. No. It's, it's something which is there when it's live, you know? Yeah. And um, yeah, it's, 
when Ave one thing which to try and put something into words, you know, I feel like when they're singing, they have an understanding of what they're singing, to some degree, and they kind of mean what they're singing at the same time, you know. Many times when you hear the modern ragis doing kirtan, it feels like they're just doing a duty, a job. They're getting a salary, which is another one of the downfalls of the transition from ragis, rababis to just the ragis. The ragis were always there as well, but in the 20th century, moving away from this hereditary rababi and ragi system to just the ragis, that the ragis became salary-employed uh, things. So it became professionalized. Ragi, being a ragi became professionalized. And it was... If you see many of the ragis, they, um, because no one, you know, music was kind of a little bit uh, low status because the rababis were low status uh, socially in the caste system. Who was who were the first ragis to be trained after the arrival of the Singh Sabha and the removal of the rababis? They were orphans. They were blind kids. Essentially, kids with no other hopes. That's really interesting. In life, that's really interesting. What the typical? You see a guy with glasses. Oh, ragi. Yeah. It's, it was like a, it was like a, a just a common thing, because music was not a respectable profession for someone else, a normal person who would go and become a lawyer, a doctor, some, you know, something more re- respectable. But for who has no other hopes, oh, ragi ban jayega, you know. And you, that's what you see. You see the blind kids. And where was uh, the first institution which taught kirtan, the Singh Sabha institution, the Central Khalsa Yatim Khana, for orphans. <laughs> yeah. That was the first school before the Shahidi College, which we visited when yeah. we were in Amritsar. Yeah. That was 1937, I think, made. Uh, or 1930s, anyway. Yatim Khana was 1904. Wow. Okay. It was an earlier institution. That was where the first ragis were taught. Yeah. So it shows you uh, this idea of like, okay, one is ragi, ragi tradition was professionalized. And then the kind of, the way that they looked upon rabis was that let's just replace them with just the kind of marginal, margins of society amongst the Sikhs, you know? So it's unfortunate, but that process of professionalization means that these kids growing up, it's just, it's just going to be a way that I'm going to earn my money in life. I don't have to care about it. Yeah. It gives me my bread and butter. Yeah. Family that was not what it was for the Rababis. No, family lineage, repertoire, yeah. uh, like the, the hopes of your lineage kind of relying on you. Yeah. And the pride. The pride. Look at the Rababis. We're going to the Katri Baba where the Rababis yeah. live in Lahore yeah. uh, since partition. Uh, speaking to the Rababis and the pride they have for like of their elders and yeah. uh, so it's, was really, it was really touching, you know. Yeah, and that was an interesting experience. We should we should clarify a few things. We're we're sitting in Lahore right now. Yeah. In a place called Gadi Shohu Shaw or something like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah, even know. yeah, I don't know how to pronounce it fully, but I think it's Gadi Shaw. And we're here as part of the Mardana project. We'll we'll see if we get into that. But basically, as part of the project, we were in Amritsar last year. Yeah. And there was a there's a place next to Amritsar that not many people know of. Uh, called the Rababi Oli Gali. Yeah. And it's near the Pasiyan Pasiyan Wala Chong. Yeah. And so we visited there and we shot there as part of the documentary film that we're making as well. And then that's where all the Rababis lived. And we actually met, met an elder there that remembered all the, mm. the Rababis living there. Mm. What was interesting was we met some kind of really youthful and, and kind of, uh, I don't know, these, these young Sikhs in their 20s, max early 30s, I was so proud that they're building a new Gurdwara. But the Hanadi they were destroying the Rababi Gali. And again, it comes back to that thing where it's like malicious intent doesn't exist. It's mm. just ignorance. Mm. They don't know. But basically, this they all lived in this place together as a community in Rababi Gali. Yeah. And then post-partition, they all moved 
on this side into a place called Kachri Baba. And we vis- visited Kachri yeah. Baba as well. So we shot at Robin Awali Gali and then we found Kachri Baba and then we went into Kachri Baba and then we visited Kachri Baba as well. And the place is not in a good good place. It's exclusively the babis live there. Yeah. And it's it's a really really poor neighborhood, you know. Yeah. Um no one's you can see there's garbage everywhere. Uh, the p- entire place smells. No one works there. Everyone's just kind of sitting in kind of ancestral it's it's kind of like a slum, but just like a one I don't even know. Yeah, one up from a slum. One up from a slum. Yeah, exactly. It's it's just a very poor um yeah, block, you know, it's it's uh, they, no it's very not, humble, very humble. Yeah, no they have no luxuries, no, no facilities. Yeah, and by Nasira's family lives there. Yeah, by Tabba's family lives there. By Bulhamas and Shagan's family is there. All these families are there. It's great lineages all live in this really poor area, and so we had an opportunity to meet with all of them. And you know, there were we met Hamad Ali Bela's daughter, mm. and. She was talking about her dad waking up with this again with a mixed identity. Hmm. She was like, Oh, this again, the namaz this again. And there's this thing here because everything's an oral tradition, there's like Lahori Gurbani going around. That's that's the name that we've coined for it. Where they say Gurbani, but it's always, you know, they're missing Lagamatra or they're messing up a few words. Word and it's, it's all done in innocence because it comes in an oral tradition. Yeah. And in a, instead of Asakivar, she kept calling it Asakiavaz. <laughs> She was like, And she's remembering it with such fond memories. Yeah. And this is a Muslim. Yeah. So the, she's recalling a Muslim waking up doing namaz mm. and then singing Asakivar mm. in Lahore. Yeah. And these were the Rababis. Such a mixed identity. Yeah. They weren't Muslim and they weren't Sikhs, but they were Sikhs and they were Muslims. Yes, exactly. And um, then she's like, they used to sing, Satguru Tumuko Kaj Savare. And so this is again a Lahori good concept of what well, I'm just gonna, I'm telling you Lahori Gurbani, but just tells you the oral tradition, how strong it was that this this person has no connection to Gurbani as all Sikhs. She's the grand, you know, granddaughter of someone who was engaged pre- in the same yeah, tradition, yeah. pre partition. But the granddaughter knows that what Asakivar is, mm. Asakiavar is, <laughs> yeah. she knows these Shabbats because they used to sing them. Yeah. And then she would go on and recall because we asked her, we were like, okay, so did your did your grandfather have memories of pre-partition? Hmm. And she's like, how can I see halwa puri, amrasardi halwa puri Yeah. And then she's remembering my granddaddy used to say, "Ki bhi amrasardi apniya, ki odiya baniya." She's like, "Ethe the tail diya khlai jande ya, taiyo the tagde And all yeah. these, you know, kind of fond memories, and it just kind of. It hurts sitting mm. with these people. Yeah, it hurts because I f- I feel like we have. It's been a bit of both. They're not carrying forward the tradition anymore, but they're only not carrying forward because they're getting no support to carry it forward. Yeah. Um. And so it's just like a a spiral, and it leads to you know worse and worse conditions for both. We lose the culture. Yeah, yeah. And they lose the livelihood. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the few rababis that have uh, or are trying to maintain some. Singing of Shabbat Kirtan yeah, in there. Yeah, we should name them. We should, yeah. One is Pai Muin. Pai Muin. And Pai Tahirik Bal. Pai Tahirik Bal. And then Inamali, who's singing a little yeah, bit. Yeah, Inamali. And, and there's the other, like, Naeem and... Uh, yeah, yeah, Pai Naeem, Pai Sarfraz, yeah. Hussain Lal. Yeah. The main, though, has to be Tahirik Bal. The yeah. most active. Yeah. And, and Pai Muin. Pai Muin and Pai Tahirik Bal have to yeah. be the, the main ones. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just, just hearing them... 
um, is already you feel like oh we're missing out you know yeah. and th- this is th- take Tahir Bal for example someone who's been just started composing Shabad Kirtan again uh, for he's not since, even singing traditional compositions yeah yeah, yeah. He's, he's singing his own compositions since the last six months he was very honest with us about that he was not trying to say oh yeah, no, he's saying very straight. He's, this is my uh, composition, and he he's, he's had a bit of support from a, a friend and a, patron, a local patron for him, who's encouraged him to let Yoruba be. You should do the kirtan, you know. You'll you'll maybe with the opening of the Kartapur corridor, there'll be more Sikhs coming. It'll be a good opportunity, you know, and revive this tradition. But just hearing six months of effort of what Rababi is doing. It just like wipes the floor clean with wipes, <laughs> yeah, that's the... of all the ruggies yeah. which are, are trained, trained, yeah. you know, from a young age yeah. to go into this as a profession, which is why I think is a problem. Um, there's many problems. We know all the pro- there's many problems with that, the, yeah. the kind of training and the yeah, yeah, yeah. attitude of the whole thing. But it shows what we're missing, basically. Yeah. That's just one example, you know. By Muin just learnt, uh, you know, the shabbos from his father, and sings them with such. Uh, wholeheartedness it just feels like singing it from the heart you know yeah. which we just and i think the sikh community has has been missing that and is missing it since that time since the rababis left yeah. we've we've okay there've been some by someone singh ragi you know there was there were some really great ragis yeah. of that but again of that period when the rababis were still kind of yeah. hanging over and just left so um we miss we've been missing out and for me with kirtan being Gurbani, what we're talking about, the sonic form, you know, Gurbani is everything. This is what we consider as the Guru for us. It is, it lies at the heart of what we call Sikhi. Whatever we call this Sikh tradition, Gurbani is what brings it all. It's the focal point. It's around that everything else relates. Never matter what you wear, what you do, you know. Gurbani is the, is the focal point. Gurbani is music. We've established that. And to have this loss of the real music for me, Sikhi has been missing its kind of heart oh, yeah. since yeah. that 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 partition and that loss the, and the kind of reform of Sikhi in the last 50 to 70 years, you know? Yeah. And that's what hits home when you hear just the Rababis uh, here and... Uh, yeah. it's, it's, which is... But for that to come into people's eyes and come into... It's kind of... We're kind of... A part of the reason why I'm on this project and I'm sure why you're in this, in the, involved in this as well is kind of giving people that punch in the face yeah. like you've been missing your heart for the last that's exactly what know? it feels like yeah See, it, it feels like an old it feels like it feels like you're getting reunited with an old family member you know yeah, that's yeah. what it feels like yeah. it feels like you're coming home yeah it's like where has this been mm. what are you? it feels like you've been forcing yourself uh, to like something else when this is all you needed since yeah. day one yeah. And this is just residue of the Rababis, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. This and isn't it, a real deal. We're never, gonna, we're, never, we're never gonna be able to experience the Rababis of Come on, man, be a bit, little bit optimistic. No, I, there is a hope, you know, because Bai Muin's grand uh, Muin's son singing real well. Yeah. And my thing is I'm gonna go back uh, and I wanna uh, we've gotta figure out a way to to pe- become patrons for this kid, yeah. these kids. These kids have that the blood. Yeah. They they need to sing. And they're singing. They just need to see that their singing will be appreciated. Yeah. And so we need to figure out a way, like a, you know, we were saying adopt a rababi or something. <laughs> yeah. You know, we we identify the guys that have talent and only the guys that have talent. Yeah. And 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 within in those families, which the devotion is 
still there yes. because that was why I was being just a kind of negative, pessimistic kind of note of it is that I think as a result of being here and the adaptation process, many of the Rabbi families have kind of like severed the ties with Sikhism and the kind of devotion that the elders had. They've kind of like yeah. left it and, and, and to kind of fit into society here, they've had to show that oh, I'm a devoted well, Muslim. And I met several Rabbis before you guys came in the country as well that were like, yes, I'm a Rabbi, but I'm a, I'm a Muslim. Yeah. And they were like, he's a Sikh. He actually pointed to another Rabbi in the, you know, who's still a Muslim, but he's like, he's a Sikh. Because he, he was pointing to someone who had devotion for the gurus, right. you know, and someone who was still wearing a kara because his elders wore it. And he still had the, uh, that. There's a few of the families which still have that kind of devotion. Towards and Guru Nanak specifically. Towards Guru Nanak, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or Guru Ramdas sometimes, you know. Yeah. So um, I think that, that the sad thing is that the devotion has been lost amongst some of the Rababis. And how can you reinstill devotion? No, you, it's yeah. very difficult, yeah. I think. And some damage has been done and we, we yeah. can't and, overcome that. But yeah. there is plenty of hope. Yeah. You know? But even the Rababis that are singing now, they don't have a knowledge of Guru Ransan. They think, we've had weird conversations where these Rababis that are singing so beautifully, you think Shah Hussain is in... Bulle Shah. And, and Bulle Shah is in Gurbani. Shah Hussain is in Gurbani. I saw one of these one of these Rabbis tell his kid that that's the grant. It has Shah Hussain, the, the Shah Hussain. It has Bulle Shah that we sing. And I was just yeah. like, all right, you're singing beautifully. Yeah. But you can't even, how do you start to teach them about that? You, yeah. That's just something that comes within the culture and that, but that culture knowledge is... And it's, you know, that's the result of the 70 years of separation. Yeah. You know, being totally well, isolated from the to that, community. Right? It all ends up just boiling down to that. It Reformation is, yeah. and, and partition, yeah. it seems. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to miss on the fact that we're, we're here for the project. Hmm. I want you to talk about the project. Yeah. Um, so you started doing research and basically we're here for the Mardana project. Yeah. We had a larger team here, but slowly people have had to go. Um, and but then there were two. We're, we're the only two that are left here. I'm leaving tonight. You're here. You're still here for a little bit. You're continuing the research. Um, but basically, tell us a little bit about the Tell me, you know, let's talk about the Milan project. Tell yeah. me a little bit about the project. So, the project evolved after I'd done my master's. I started the PhD. And in the first year of my PhD, I realized there was a need. I, I need to go to India to do the research and to go to Pakistan as well because a large part of the history is... It, this is Punjab. You know, we're in Punjab. We're in Lahore. Whether you're in Amritsar, you're in Punjab. So being a historical... Uh, research topic. So my PhD thesis is around the influence and interactions between Gurbani Kirtan and uh, Hindustani music between uh, 1857 and 1947. So that colonial period in Punjab, looking at how music, particularly Kirtan and Hindustani music, have developed and interacted and what kind of changes happened at that time. So being a historical project, I need to come, I need to come here be on the ground, go into uh, archives, the libraries of uh, public libraries, university libraries, wherever historical books and manuscripts may be kept that have relation to uh, either the running of the Sahib or Gurdwaras or um, books written by musicians, you know, on music or whatever, you know. So there was a need to come and do the conduct the field work, which is going to uh, provide the... Um, the substance to the PhD that requires funding 
I had no source of funding. It's very difficult to get funding in the UK for uh, humanities-based uh, PhDs, you know. Uh, music, arts is kind of much more difficult than something like engineering or medicine or something like that, you know. So um, I had the idea, let's just do a crowdfunder. I'm sure there's enough people within the Sikh community globally that would see some value of this research into the history of Kirtan during this period. Um, and that way I could raise the funds and get out there and do the work. As part of the crowdfunder, I started to think, well, there has to be some benefit. And I'd been thinking anyway that, okay, a PhD is all very good. It's, it's very uh, niche, very narrow, and it's ultimately aimed to leave a legacy in the academic world. Not your, your layman's not going to read a PhD thesis, you know, unless he's someone with academic interests. So I thought there has to be some kind of bridge anyway, because my... Uh, kind of drive to do the research is then to anyway afterwards go and educate and spread the the research and educate people about this is the tradition that we're talking about you know and you guys have no idea about it so I've I've always had this idea of making making this bridge you know between the research and getting the research out to people in a kind of digestible format so in the process of you know uh, building this crowdfunding campaign to raise funds for the research I thought let's 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 put a documentary together. Let's let's say that we're going to deliver a film that will raise awareness about the issues that we're discussing in the PhD um, around Sikh music and the decline in particular. Um, and that will be a deliverable. That will be something which people are getting out of it. If, if you're going to put money in, people want to see something out. So it was kind of like a, an intelligent way, if you like, to raise funds and... Um, uh, at the same time achieve a goal which I wanted to achieve anyway. So me and Jasdeep, uh, Jasdeep who's, you know, my partner in crime, if you like, with the, the research over the last five years and um, and in music as well. We decided to put this campaign together and um, it was a great success, you know, in the summer of uh, 2018. Uh, we raised... I can't remember the exact figure, but it's over twenty-two, twenty-three thousand pounds um, to do just that to to bring uh, me in particular for a long period out to India. I was in India for five months in the end, and I'm here. I'm here in Pakistan for uh, one and a half months. Finally, um, to do this tedious work in archives and meeting people and conducting interviews with where I need to. Uh, for the PhD specifically, as well as taking a short period out to do specific filming for the production of a film, you know. So, um, and this is where you know you've you've been brought into the project because gratefully you agreed to uh, you know take on the role of the executive producer and uh, donate a significant you know chunk to, uh, to towards the the project. So. Um, this is this is what gave birth and you know I, I me and Jasdeep had this idea of the Murdana project anyway since we started the research you know we wanted to do we had bigger aims we wanted to like what you're doing in Australia teach people uh, practically uh, but also educate educate people about the history and what what the tradition was and what's been lost you know yeah. so we had this bigger aim of the project and we had with we come up with the uh, the name Murdana project uh, between us and a few uh, kind of other patrons that support us yeah. in our initial work um so yeah this is where the Madonna project yeah. came into being mm. and um 
yeah it was it's it, so far it's been a you know great success you guys have come on board been really kind of good energy and powering through bringing bringing Nathan on board yeah um which has been a big bonus I didn't expect you know I, I didn't have in my mind when when we were uh thinking about the the film yeah. that it was going to be you know such a, a an award-winning you know documentary maker and getting something out on Netflix yeah. and and that kind of the level where it should be really because yeah. this is a story which is yeah. I think can tell a lot about division and the damage yeah you know and what gets lost yeah and it's just one example but it's an example which is pertinent to the Sikh community and the whole of humanity as well yeah um, so that's and I mean I think you've given a really nice description of the project and when when I saw the crowdfunder pop up I don't know just it was but I saw your at that point I didn't know just I know I saw your face yeah and I remembered our encounter from 2013 and just from that small counter in 2013, Indabreeth and I had a had a kind of uh, like a positive memory, yeah. and it was a positive experience, and that we had that kind of like a certain level of trust yeah. in your approach. And obviously, we didn't know you as a researcher back then, mm. but I'd been following you a little bit since then. So I called Indabreeth when I saw that card from the and I was like, Indabreeth, you know. Like, you know, put your money where your mouth is kind of thing. I, we, we should get involved in this project as well. And then we, we both collectively kind of came and got involved. We're really happy to be involved in this project. And then when we found out about the documentary bar, I know you said that, you know, the crowdfunder was for £20,000. Yeah. Right. Um, when we got involved, we were like, if we're going to make a documentary, we need to make it well. Mm. You know, we don't want to stitch together pieces from the archival footage that's been taken because every interview that you conduct you're, you're recording it in HD or 4K yeah. for your own archival you know research and then that part of the archive would also be released later on but you don't want to just stitch together that and make a bunch of talking heads yeah and so we started thinking you know we if you want to do this you want to do it properly hmm. and so we were like even if the bl- budget blows a little bit we need to get someone on board and we started looking and then we did a whole process where where filmmakers started a few filmmakers actually were interested and they lodged and they, now they lodged their kind of application that they did their research this is a bobby they kind of lodged someone lodged like a 12 page application four page we had a few of those where there were mm. there were genuine interest in amongst filmmakers to get involved mm. and um my wife kieran she's she's brilliant at this stuff yeah she's she, she, she did a really good job yeah, yeah. in uh yeah. bringing these guys in board and managing that process well. yeah yeah she's she's a beast when it comes to this stuff she's a beast generally yeah but like she she's like a as in as a person she's like a monster at to-do list hmm. that's what she's like so and she she gets stuff done and she gets stuff done well yeah but so she she knew nathan from her work because she works in advertising and she's been working in advertising for like 15 years or something like that so she's she's really kind of steeped in that in that environment and she had worked with nathan and she's like nathan is your guy so we'll get in touch with a few, but if we can get Nathan, hmm. he's brilliant. And so then we got Nathan on board. Nathan, you know, agreed to do it. And then he's really just charging us an honorarium. And he's being very kind because he's he's the kind of guy that looks for stories. Yeah. And that's what you want for a person because this is a story to be told. Yeah. And so when he, you know, in the initial discussions, we were explaining to him, Nathan, this is the story. This is what's happened with the people of Punjab. This happened with the partition. This is what happened to the music of Punjab. And he started to get invested in that story a little bit. And once he was invested, he was he just wanted to be part of it. So we're so happy to have him on board. Yeah, and he's coming. I mean, uh, he's got heaps of accolades. He was nominated for the Grammys. Yeah. And he's so professional in terms of his... And he's so easy and, and laid back in terms of his approach. He just mixes in with everyone. So 
that is not part of the people don't know this, but that needs to be people need to know this. That that but twenty thousand pounds, and in the fundraiser, any of my travels or Indipri's travels aren't being covered. Yeah. So we're not picking at the fund here. Hmm. The fund is reserved for the researchers. Yeah. And the anything to do with filming. Yeah. We don't have a sound guy on board. Nathan's a, a beast. He's doing the sound by himself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He to save us money. Yeah. And uh, he's charging a minimal amount for that. Yeah. And all of our costs, it's not like we've just come here and we're tipping everything out of the budget. All of our costs is separate from that. That in mind, and we're not staying at five star hotels. No, no, no. Right. This is you're staying at Al Safina in yeah. in Gadi Shaw. Right? Yeah. There's a, there's a host of five stars around the corner. Yeah. But this isn't a five star. And um, that in mind, that twenty thousand pound is not a fish. Is not enough. No. It's I not think, enough. You know, because and, the the documentary, the film, the film project has grown in scope. You know, yeah. We're talking about Netflix, and we're talking about. Well, I mean, I don't think we should throw those words around. Yeah, but we're, like, we're talking about we want you know, something which is of Netflix quality. Netflix quality. quality. This is definitely the quality of. Um, we don't know the distribution. Film. We yeah. don't know the distribution, yeah. but so we shouldn't throw those words around. But. but it's definitely the quality of like film, film festivals and documentary film festivals. This is definitely going to go in there. Yeah, that's a name. Yeah, it's going to be a short film. Yeah. Maybe twenty minutes is the number that we're bouncing around right now. Yeah, but it'll be short and it'll definitely go into those kind of um, domains. Yeah, no, twenty thousand pounds is not a budget. <sighs> no, you, not for, just a, let, let you know just for a film alone. Yeah, that's not a budget that you think about. No, this is let we're talking about. Research. We're talking about five months of research. It was six and a half months of yeah. research. You know, included thrown in there as well. Yeah. Um, it's uh, yeah. yeah, and we're not we're not we're not asking for more funding. Yeah. We're, doing, we're still we're doing this out of pocket, but it's more than twenty thousand. The cost of the the filmmaker and the cost of the editor that's yet to be hired. That we're next week we're having meetings with editors to hire them is all on top. Um, but this is an exciting project. Yeah, you know this never been done, and the reason we're doing it is for exactly what you were saying. One is it's backed by research. That's the core of this project. At the end of the day, the, what we want people to do from the documentary is we want them to garner interest and, and go read your research. Yeah. And as part of the project, what we want to do is we want to capture these stories, build a narrative that is, you know, not build a narrative, we want to represent the existing narrative. You know, yeah. making something up. But basically, your PhD is come, going to come out of this. We're going to find a medium through which we can deliver these things. Yeah. But the deliverables that for, for everyone is one we're going to have the PhD which is the crux of it right? yeah yeah. Your people that are supporting this project are supporting research yeah that's what they should they should they should be they should take pride in that yeah that they're supporting research into Gurbani Keetham yeah that's the main thing that's why we're that's why we're happy to support it yeah that's, and I'm sure that's why everyone else is happy to support it. we're supporting research into Gurbani Keetham so that's the soul of this entire project your research yeah then the kind of next circle out is the footage, all the footage, footage that is being collected, and then the next circle is the documentary. That's the first point of contact. Yeah. So the documentary will be, will you know, we're literally meeting with editors next week to start finalizing those things, yeah. and then date, and then after that, the next point of contact is hopefully from that they're interested into, and they want to dig further into archival footage, and so we will be releasing longer archival footage, and. We'll be doing that in two parts. One is the archival footage in longer form. And then you will also be sorting out that archival footage yeah. in terms of digestible tidbits. And those yeah. tidbits are going to be chosen based on your research. Because people, in the longer form, people will tell their story. Yeah. But if their story is not validated by his, by your historical research, 
it'll still be released, but it won't be it won't it won't feature in the tidbits that are that will be yeah. formulated. But that's a long term kind of yeah. It's, it's, that's the next step, you know. Once the I've written the thesis, yeah, we want you know. I always had in mind this this again part of the bridging process, bringing this research to the layman in a different, easily digestible format. Having this online resource, you know, yes, so that people can have something they can go to. Yeah. They can watch videos. They can uh, read family trees and under and learn about Keaton in a in a more accessible format because not everyone's going to want to dip into a PhD thesis, you know, no. and read. But we want things. them to. We want them to work backwards from the documentary, yeah, into the archive, yeah. video archive, into those videos, and yeah. then eventually into into the you know whatever website we create that's going to also have. It's going to kind of picturize all the family trees that you're working on. Yeah. Authentic, authenticate all the lineages of the bubbies and ruggies and all that kind of stuff. Mm. And then lead them backwards into, into all of this research that's yeah. been done. Yeah. So no, that, that's, that's, that's the aim. Yeah. So that's pretty much, I mean, for those that don't know, that's pretty much the, the Madonna project. Yeah. And I think, I think that's a good note to end on. I think yeah. we've been going for like almost, I don't know. A while. <laughs> a while now, but I mean, time flies with yeah. these conversations. I'm, and I really enjoy especially because you're coming from a point of research and because you're coming from a neutral perspective. Yeah. No, so I always enjoy speaking with you on these, yeah. on these subjects. I, we didn't touch on music at all. <laughs> we didn't. You know, so much. Yeah. I think we could get carried away if we go into music. Yeah, yeah. So uh, if we don't call it a, a stop here, we'll start talking about music. And then if Drupal's, sorry, if Drupal's better, if Cal's better. I think that's <laughs> yeah. a perpetual... There's perpetual banter that we're Perpetual banter that yeah. keeps going. Um, yeah. But I'm sure, uh, I'm sure Gunanak's saying like, Proper cow. Proper cow. Yeah. Well, we know that he didn't see cow or Drupal. <laughs> That's what we established yesterday. Yeah, okay. Let's leave it there. That was good. That was a good chat. Nice one.